0: Hello, this is Margarita Monet from Edge of Paradise and you are listening to the Metal Pit Podcast. Welcome to the Metal Pit Podcast, where we delve deep into the albums and bands that shaped metal. Please visit our website. The Metal Pit at the metal www.themetalpit.org, where you can find album reviews, interviews, and live show reviews. Also, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Metal Pit. And for some video interviews, video shorts, and audio versions of this podcast, please visit our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com at the Metal Pit 666. I took a couple of weeks off this podcast, so I'm happy to be back talking some metal. I have with me two of my writers here at the Metal Pit. I have Jim and Ken. How are you guys today?
1: Awesome. We're all all good, sir.
0: And I'll just mention, make sure you check out Ken's website, Horror Metal Sounds. He's got album reviews on there, too, and stuff about horror movies. So search that up when you're on the net or on Instagram or on Facebook. And I'm not sure where else. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Instagram, Facebook.
0: The usuals, right? Yep. And so today we're going to talk some Manowar. And we're going to go back to 1988 and their sixth studio album kings of metal uh brief i'll just say quickly man of war of course is from the united states power metal band i guess you'd call them power metal they're a little maybe heavier than like halloween power metal but still power metal they're from the state of new york formed in 1980 the group writes a lot of lyrics about war or heavy metal which we'll kind of get into probably and in And in 1984, the band was included in the Guinness Book of World Records for delivering the loudest performance, a record which they have since broken on two more occasions. And they also hold the record for the longest heavy metal concert as they played five hours and one minute in Bulgaria at a festival in 2008. I don't know how the hell they played for five (laughs)
2: hours. (laughs) Holy cow and Jesus. did everybody did everybody
0: stay and for that did they play every song they've ever written i don't really know what that was all about that's i just read that yesterday
2: that's <laughs> like in, in 5 hours would be 5 bathroom breaks for me <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: sorry for sure,
1: oh no i'm i'm right there with you on that one <laughs>
0: So uh okay we're yeah we're going to talk about the sixth album but I'll ask you guys when did you first hear Manowar and or maybe this album uh jim you want to go first
2: Yeah sure it uh Manowar I mean in all the magazines from the 80s I used to get a lot of uh, like hit parade or circus all the regular ones and then some of those european ones and Manowar was always featured kind of towards down the list of of uh, the bands of the day that were going on in there, but they were always featured. And I ended up picking up the cassette, actually this cassette probably uh, maybe a year. I might've had, I might've had another album uh, a little earlier than that. Um, You know, uh, but I battle hymns, maybe I picked up at a discount bin, but I, this was the album that I listened to probably in its entirety first and kind of got me on the map with them uh you know they were especially in the european magazines that you could get like uh, at a specialty magazine store back in the day spend about i don't know like seven bucks on a magazine they were more i found they were more featured in there than they were in a lot of the american uh kind of i guess glam slash hair metal magazines of the day you know so they, but but they were definitely had their place in there for sure and
0: ken
1: yeah, for me, it's going to be the artwork, the cover by uh, Ken Kelly, and I say that because I uh, started art school in 1989, so when I went to art school, a lot of people I knew were into album art, and that album came up, so I knew the artist, I knew the artist worked very well, and so I that's the first album I bought as well, so in art school, I'm listening to the al- album, loving uh, Ken Kelly's artwork and it just kind of went from there so that that's my first exposure to the uh to that to that album i've heard of them in the past but never actually picked up any of their music until until that album this one we're talking about
0: okay i think for me now it's hard to remember all these bands cuz i was around when a lot of them started But, and I also had hit parade or circus magazines to help me since we didn't have heavy metal on the radio or anything like that. (laughs) And we didn't have internet or whatever anything uh but i think it was their fourth studio album sign of the hammer which might have been the first time i heard them i just because i remember the lead track all men play on 10 and i always i like that i don't know if spinal tap came out before this i'm not sure <laughs> but, yeah, but anyway i just like that title and so i remember listening to that album and as i look i have three other albums on vinyl the one we're talking about and i have fighting the world and i have sign of the hammer so i know sign of the hammer is the first vinyl i had album so i'm kind of thinking that is the first time i heard man of cool. and we can talk Thanks. about talk about that now the album cover so you already mentioned it
1: mm-hmm.
0: do you want to talk more about it ken the album cover yeah what sure. you think so, of it?
1: yeah i love the album cover uh ken kelly did a really nice job it's real it's very bombastic and it's very much in the style and flavor of say uh frank vizetta or conan it's got all it's got all that usual, like, fantasy elements to it. Um, Ken Ken was a really interesting artist. Um, I know he painted uh, covers for A uh, Kiss. He painted covers for um, Manowar. He did a few covers for some later bands like Coheed and Uh, uh, uh He also did one for a band called Fathom as well. Um, so, you know, he dabbled in, in, in the genre. He also did a lot of uh, book covers and he was also did a lot of uh, toy uh, product product uh, shots for for toys and covers like um, He Man and uh, Micronauts. So it's it's sad that cool. he did pass away last year. I was kind of bummed out when oh. when I when I heard that he when he passed when he passed away. Um, but he'll always be known. I'm not too sure what the argument is. Should, would he be known more for Kiss or Man of War? I I would probably say Kiss because that sort of came first. But I always preferred the Man of War covers. I prefer that style because I was into reading. Conan back then, so for me, it's just they go hand in hand.
0: And uh, 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 sorry, Jim, what do you think of the album cover?
2: Oh, it's wicked. I mean, you know, the album covers for Manowar all were pretty, pretty strong back in the day. I mean, you go to the record store, you know, and that's what kids and well, young people nowadays, uh, you know, they they'll never have that where you walk into a Sam the Record Man or a Discus or an A and A Records and Tapes. And you see the big display and the albums. The album art catches your first. I mean, that's what got me into probably a Grim Reaper. Uh, you know, I, I bought the cassette based on that the album cover because it was so cool. I mean, and, and back then you couldn't just grab your phone and and Google the song and listen to it. Uh, you know, you had to you had to actually buy the stuff because uh, you know, like you said, they they weren't playing this on the radio. So. I, I remember Tyrant was another one that had a really cool like the German band Tyrant had this really barbaric looking cover as well so I was buying all those covers up just based on the covers and the music you know luckily like with a lot of these bands the music was really really good so I didn't waste my six bucks or eight bucks uh, buying cassettes you know on my allowance so but that's Definitely. The artwork's right up there. It falls into that. It's weird because these guys, I mean, you know, uh, we, we just uh, completed the Blind Guardian uh, podcast there, I believe, last week. And, you know, these guys and all the, um, the background work I did uh, came up as like the fourth, kind of the four wheels of the uh, power metal genre. And I find them very more like back then, I think power metal, was kind of a lot different these guys are a lot heavier a lot faster especially on this album and uh, i find it has more of a traditional kind of traditional sound to it and i think that's that was the kind of traditional metal sound back then i think so it really yeah i, re- I was really drawn to it
0: well this i found this was just researching and this character on the front the man there you can't see his face and i guess he's supposed to be called the faceless warrior And this was the first album cover that he appeared on. But I guess every album after or pretty much every album after that same character. Now, I don't know if the same artist did all of the ones after this or not. I don't know if you know that, Ken. No, 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 he just did two okay but they kept this character there who is supposed to be he's also supposed to be known as the king of metal and it's the band's mascot even though i don't know yeah i don't mm-hmm. think it ever appeared on stage like eddie that i know of but again i don't really know for sure i guess mm-hmm. but it, it has appeared in the cover artwork of almost every following man or album after this one and on cool. t-shirts and all that stuff i guess and it's supposed to be uh uh, Eric Adams said that it's supposed to be like a hero kind of thing and he's like a fantasy hero guy or whatever and of course Me- you know I he's see the that. king of metal
2: <laughs> he's, he's kind of like their Vic Rattlehead <laughs>
0: yes yes and maybe that's what and maybe that's the stuff that inspired it thinking oh we need a mascot too yeah. Even you think Iron Maiden would have influenced that but <laughs> that's true okay now where was it? oh okay so i wanted to briefly say now the band started in 1980 when joey DeMaio, the future bassist of the band met guitarist ross the boss while he was working as a bass tech and fireworks manager for black sabbath on the heaven and hell tour which that's, is that's cool and uh, see ross the boss used to be a member of a punk rock band the dictators and so after this album he actually left to go back to the Dictators, but I don't know. I know nothing about the Dictators except that point there. <laughs> <laughs> and the and the two, the two bonded over shared musical interests, became friends, and decided to form a band with the suggestion and advice of Ronnie James Deal during that tour. So I guess Manowar exists because of Ronnie James Deal.
2: <laughs> that is so cool.
0: <laughs> now, Manowar has 13 studio albums. This is the sixth album. <laughs> This was released November 1988, and like I said, the last to feature Ross the Boss, and and the drummer Scott Columbus also left after this album, but he did return in 1996 on their Louder Than Hell album. And uh, we can I don't know we can brief their last album was what 2014 we said their last yeah, studio yeah. album was 2014. Yeah,
1: 2014
0: i don't really it's probably been a while since i listened to that one that was i don't know what no is it 2014 whatever maybe it was 2012 warriors of the world i'm not positive but anyway no
1: that's that's the one before that there is one in 2014
0: okay because there was a re-release of this album in 2014
1: unless
0: that's right yeah oh, okay. okay that's right yeah so uh Well, anyway, I guess we can get to the song. Is there anything I didn't? Oh, I was going to just, the lineup, so I already mentioned kind of everybody already, I think. Eric Adams on vocals, Russ, Russ the boss on the guitars, Joey DeMaio on bass, and Scott Columbus on the drums. And according to setlist.fm website, the songs from Manowar on this album have played the most live of any Manowar albums, things. So here we go. We're going to start with the first track is Wheels of Fire, which has been played 90 times live. And we'll start with Ken.
1: Yeah, I like this song. This is like the best song on the album for me. Um, You know, it's it's heavy, thrashy, it's up-tempo. Um, I like the engine roaring or revving up at the beginning of the song. And it's just speedy riff after speedy riff. There is a section there in the middle part where it gets a little like stagey theatrical, but for the most part, the song, the song stays on course. And as an opening song, it's really good. It's one of my favorite songs in their catalog. It's really catchy.
0: And uh, Billy, I mean, sorry,
2: yeah, (laughs) wrong
0: person, Jim.
2: (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) Uh, yeah, it's it's this and probably the next song are my two favorites, but uh, yeah, this is also will be like in one of my, th- this is probably one of my top 10. I mean, I think right from the start of it, I get a sense of Blake starting his car. <laughs> I mean, you know, revving it up, and then he's taken off to go out, and he's just ripping down the road listening to this, because <laughs> I, I, it's wicked. I mean, the, the, the yeah. car sounds is, is is really, really cool, and I mean, what a way to start out an album. I mean... You know, you get I put, put 1988, and then you throw this album out there with this start, and it just—I mean, any 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 and every metalhead would just fall in love with this right away. And it's got a really killer guitar solo in it, and that's mm-hmm. what I—you know—that's what you miss about like with with a lot of metal albums now. Not not all, but a lot they tend to erase, especially like even Metallica to some degree, or or now they're purposely trying to get back into kind of a guitar solo type thing that they kind of took them out of there for a while really really long these focus on that and those are as far as i'm concerned those are the foundations of heavy metal so you know you got to have that in there yeah this is probably my top one my top my best song on the album
0: and yes i would also say it's probably my favorite song (laughs) on the album too and uh and well, of course i was going to mention about how i that's how i start my car and whatever <laughs> even though it's even though i think it's a motorcycle sounds on this cuz i drive motorcycles
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but yeah so if it doesn't make you want to drive fast i don't know there must be something wrong You, i'm i was going to say if i'm on my deathbed and i have and i barely have any pulse just put, put this song through my veins i'm sure i'll wake up and live another 20 years <laughs>
2: right. i'm writing this down <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, you're, you're a few provinces away. I don't think you'll be able to do it, but...
2: <laughs> uh, we'll figure something out.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, I might need it sooner or later. You never know. So, have it on top. Okay. Now <laughs> we go to the title track, Kings of Metal. And Jim, what do you think of King... I know you already said you like this one, too, so...
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, this is this is a, another great song. I mean, this could easily be my one and two or my two and one Easily. I like the lyric in it. I mean, this is what Man war is all about. And I mean, it's macho using that word macho, which I swear I'd never use, but that's what it is. It's like balls rock. You know, the we don't attract wimps because we're yeah. too loud. Yeah. True metal people. That's the Man war crowd. Oh, yeah. I love that. That says everything about this band and uh, you know, and throughout their whole discography, it's, and i think maybe even later now it's getting kind of probably it's not as i find that you know that it's not as good as it was back then um uh, but this sort of kind of balls to the walls metal it's all about heavy metal war steel i mean you know that's that's what it's all about and this song just totally totally reeks of that and i mean it's a great song it's it's nice and heavy and fast but i really really like it
1: and can yeah, the same here. This is my second favorite song on the album. Uh, it's very heavy. It's anthemic. Uh, yeah, as Jim was saying about the lyrics, like I, I, I was laughing at the, uh, you know, the no wimps line, which is kind of funny. And uh, you know, we're gonna kick your ass because that's mentioned yeah. a couple times in in the song. But uh, yeah, this is like yeah, it's a balls out metal song. It's it's very typical for for uh, Manowar. But I I like it because it's the first two the first two tracks on this album are like.
0: They're, they're top-notch killer right off the bat yeah, yeah. and uh yeah and of course i love this song too and now my favorite lyric is wearing jeans and leather not Cracker Jack clothes <laughs> 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 i'm not sure what Cracker Jack clothes is exactly but i know i don't wear them but <laughs> i guess but yeah they have their i know a lot there's a lot of people that say man more is cheesy And so you could think these lyrics are cheesy, but I think, I don't know, what's wrong with just being proud of playing heavy metal and they're acting like they are the kings of metal and they're saying (laughs) Manowar kills or whatever. Other bands play Manowar kills, so they're saying that they're the best, I guess, and the loudest. And Well, I guess they have been the loudest. I'm not sure if they're still the loudest, though. Probably not now. I'm sure somebody's broke that record now. I didn't look that up, but... (laughs) And now this song is actually, they've played this one 365 times live. This is the third most played Manowar song live after only the song Manowar and Black Wind, Fire and Steel, which is number one and two most played live. Then we go to, I guess we'd call this a ballad, a Manowar ballad, Heart of Steel. Ken, what do you think of Heart of Steel?
1: Um, I like this song as well. I know it's this could be like a popular song, for, but it's, it's typical ballad. You know, it's anthemic because of the lyrics and what they're saying about Stand and Fight. And it's it's a standard song. Like, the one thing about Manowar, it's the kind of band you're either going to like or you're going to hate. Because yeah. their <laughs> songs are all very, they're typical. Like, you're, they're fantasy-setting songs. And this is, like, I think it's proof of that. But I don't mind it. The first three songs slot in really well for me. So I, I'm, I'm okay with this song overall.
0: And Jim?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, you slide, you know, kind of set it right. You've, you've got, you're slowing things down now, third song in. I mean, you know, here I was 17 when this came out. So I picture myself in my 1988 Ford Escort <laughs> with my girl. And this one here, I can at least play that. She'd probably not throw the cassette out the, out the window. So, you know, <laughs> it starts off with that really cool piano intro. It's kind of slow. But that's you know it's it's an it's anthemically slow so I mean it, yeah. I think it's great I think it fits the fits in and it's probably like I love the fact that this album starts off with kind of one two and three and that's pretty much one two and three and in, in, in what I uh, you know there's there's a couple of weird ones that are coming down the line here but uh, you know it starts off so strong and I I think it's a cool ballad y song I guess you could say
0: yes I I like it it's. Uh... <laughs> As I said, yeah, some people might say the lyrics are cheesy, but whatever. They're, yeah, they're standing up and fighting for what you feel. And it could, they could, and it's unclear exactly what they're talking about. They could be talking about listening to heavy metal music. You want to stand up for what you believe in and listen to heavy yeah. metal music. They don't necessarily say that in the song like they do some other songs where you do, like Kings of Metal, exactly, mm-hmm. that I just heard. Yeah.
2: But you know yeah, what, you. I, I think that I think that the world needs cheese nowadays. A little bit of cheese mixed in. I think that's what's missing. So everything's so serious, and so ah, this is this is uh, this is great stuff. I mean, you know, we need a little more cheese nowadays.
0: Yeah, and it's funny. And like the lyrics, sure, some people say they're cheesy. Some people say, well, they're funny and they're hilarious and they're having <laughs> fun with this weird, kind of, weird kind of humor and stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, it doesn't bother me. That's for sure. And then we go to Sting of the Bumblebee, which is an instrumental. And I'll let uh, Jim go first on Sting of the Bumblebee.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's fast guitar picking for sure. Um, You know, I think it's kind of taken from, obviously, I think it's called Flight of the Bumblebee or Flight of the Bumblebee, I believe, the classical uh, version, kind of a heavy version. It's okay, but it's kind of... I don't know. It's, it's okay. It's probably a bit too long. I mean, you know, uh, I'd probably, if we were going to go quite, maybe half the the length of it, it gets kind of just monotonous. (laughs) Hey, it's, 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 you know, it's got some good guitar picking in there and it's fast, but eh, it kind of falls to the back end of the album for me. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Okay. Ken?
1: No, I I agree with Jim. Um, It's, one of those kind of let's be lofty, let's have some lofty yeah. goals on this record. So of course you're gonna pick, you're gonna pick this. It's an opera song. It's an interlude to uh, Tale of the Sar Sultan, which is classical. Um, okay, fine, that that's fine. But it just what you're showing off uh, Joey's uh, bass on playing uh, his bass abilities, because that's all it does. He's just yeah. flexing his muscles as a bass player. And I read online that a lot of people were take exception to that. And it's like, the guy's just showing off. And it's like, okay, yeah, you could take it that way. But in terms of where the, where the track slots on the album, it it I think it just kills the momentum for me right at that point when you get Great three point. songs. And then you get the third song, which is the ballad. And then you get this fourth song where it's like, what the hell am I hearing? <laughs> so it, it's the first fork in the road. That's why I'm saying I have a love-hate, relationship with this album for that reason because now you get that first fork in the road with this song
0: well i like i like i mean i like it it's not going to be one of my top whatever five or six songs on the album but i don't dislike it maybe as much as you two do and it's only two minutes and 49 seconds jim so i don't know (laughs) they should have have
2: started with this they should have started and started like a 39 seconder and and, you know do like a a, you know just a 40 second boom there you go but back then the intros were a lot different i guess true
0: yeah it would have been a good opening to the album i guess too and then crank into one of the songs whatever Mm. but and a lot of people have, this Flight of the Bumblebee, a lot of people have played this outside of classical. Anvil also has a cover of this song on yes. one of their early yeah. albums.
1: That's right.
0: They called it Flight of the Bumble Beast, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I, I find it's interesting. It's not, you know, special or anything, but it's okay. Then we go to The Crown and the Ring. <clears throat> Excuse me, uh, Ken, what do you think of The Crown and the Ring?
1: Yeah, this song is, again, it's such, it's also kind of a standard, like it's, okay, so it's kind of bold sounding, there's all this sing-alongs, there's the or- orchestra, there's the church organs, it, you know, yada, 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 it's all thrown in there, but it doesn't, it just doesn't do anything for me, personally, it's just, the second fork in the road for me is this song, right away.
0: <laughs> and Jim?
2: Yeah, it's it's not bad, I mean, it I, the organ intro's pretty cool, and like, it kind of reminiscent of a little bit of maybe a deep purple kind of start but and it's got kind of that just vocal start it kind of goes into sections i find you got the organ the vocals and then you've got the anthemic with the chanting kind of and it's got a good you know i think it's okay it's probably in my back half of the album as well but um you know like just i guess whoever they start off the album so strong and then kind of it just kind of drags a little bit so but but i mean it's it's still it's it's not as bad as the one prior (laughs) yeah agreed
0: yeah i think we even though i love this album and i wouldn't really bother skipping these songs but yeah we kind of have three songs in a row here that are kind of like I don't know, a little bit off or maybe not as good as the front half of the album or the back half of the album mm-hmm. or not half, but you know what I mean? But, but um it's kind of ballady too, but it's a little faster than the other, earlier one, but it's still, it has the group vocals like Ken mentioned there and stuff and it's okay, but yeah, it's nothing special. Then we go to kingdom come. And I guess this song is about waiting for your moment to come, no matter what it is, I guess, is what one interpretation could be. And this is kind of ballady too, a little bit, again, on the heavier side of a ballad, a Man of War ballad. And again, even though I don't dislike this song, I don't think I would miss it if it wasn't on the album, (laughs) which is probably with the last one and probably with the next one. But Ken, what do you think of this song, Kingdom Come?
1: Yeah, I have the same same feeling. It's short. It's, it has the flair for the theatrical. So you get that all in the lyrics and the song. It's all right, but I I think I could skip this song too. It's like oh my god. So now we're getting like all these songs in the middle section of the album that just kind of bring the uh, I don't know, the tone down. The first three songs are great. Then you get oh this middle section. It just it brings it down. That's why I keep saying I have a love hate relationship with this album just for that reason alone.
0: And Jim. Oh, I like this
2: song.
1: Oh, I like good. it. I find right, it cool.
2: starts off anthemically <laughs> slow, and then it just takes off. And I mean, I think it's pretty cool. I, I think this is maybe one of the uh, underappreciated, as we as we found out talking to you. You know, you, what you guys have said, I think this song needs a little more love. It's uh, probably <laughs> yeah. my it's my fourth favorite on on the album, and uh, okay. no, it's pretty good. I like it. I like it a lot.
0: Well, I like I'm glad one of us likes it. And so we're not all agreeing (laughs) on everything here. I mean, I don't again, I don't mind it. Yeah. It's just not, you know, big, whatever. Then we get to Pleasure Slave. (laughs) Now now this song apparently only appeared on the US release of the album. Maybe because they thought Americans wouldn't be offended, maybe. (laughs) I don't know. But of Mm. course, this the opening of the song is well, sex somebody's having sex i don't know when where they had this recorder and they're doing this but <laughs> but we have sex and then we have laughter so i guess having a pleasure slave is funny for some people i don't yeah. know i don't really understand that part <laughs> Yeah. now i'm not sure what female manowar fans think of this song and i'm not sure how much we want to talk about it either because we might have some female fans too <laughs> But, uh, Jim, you want to have say anything about Pleasure Slave?
2: Well, yeah, it's, um, you know, I mean, the song itself, you know, not lyrically or anything, but it, it definitely has, it's heavier and it has a darker sound, which would follow, with, but lyrically, it's, uh, you know, it'd be a publicist nightmare probably nowadays, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and I think I'm just going to stop there because, you know, <laughs> definitely in 1988, that cassette probably would have been thrown out the window at this at This song.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I hope this wasn't the first single. But, no,
2: anyway. yeah.
0: uh, Ken, God. do you have anything to add about this song?
1: <laughs> I have one word to add misogynistic. That's it. That's what the song is. True. And if you go online and look at the comments, a lot of people have that same feeling. So I was like, yeah, I can see that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I looked up song meanings and I looked up the song meaning for this and somebody said it means having a woman as a sex slave. And I'm thinking, well, okay, I think that's pretty easy to figure that out.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> but okay, we'll skip that. That's enough about that.
2: <laughs>
0: we do like the intro though, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then we get to one of the classic Man of War songs that they've ever done. Hail and Kill. Ken, what do you think of Hail and Kill?
1: Oh, I love this song. It's like, I love the, uh, the acoustic. bits. Yeah. I love the heaviness. I love the riff and, and the solos in the second half of the song, when it really picks up. Yeah. This is a very classic hail and kill. You can't get any better for a man of war song. There's not much to say about, about it lyrically. It's just, you know, we're going to uh, go out there. We're going to kick some ass and we're going to enjoy it more or less.
2: Jim. Yeah, this is an awesome song. I mean, this, it you bounce back from song seven there and, uh, I mean, I think it's got kind of an Electric Eye Priest intro sound. Like, it's got that, it really, as soon as I, you know, I started playing this album, preparing, uh, obviously, for this, but every time I listen to it about 10 times over the weekend, and this, I just, it's got kind of that Priest intro sound, which is really cool. And, you know, the guitar is awesome in it, and I, I agree with Ken. I mean, this is, this is definitely a full-on old-school power metal to the max song i I really really like it yeah it's awesome
0: now there is one lyric that seems like it was left over from the last song (laughs) (laughs) and it says may your sword be wet like a young girl in her prime so i don't (laughs) But anyway, I just saw that, but yeah, hail. And it's about what the song's about killing. And I guess you're, you hail, hail, hail before you kill. I don't know. But anyway, it is a, Great song, even though I've never seen them live, and I guess none of them have seen Manowar live, and I, I don't even know if I've listened to a Manowar live album or not, or paid attention, but I'm sure this is a crowd pleaser, it's the fourth highest song they've played live, and I'm sure it's a chant-along song where they get the crowd involved, I'm sure, since it's easy to remember three words, just like, you know, Metallica seek and destroy, here we got hail and kill. Then we get to a kind of an odd thing here. We get to the Warriors Prayer. Wait, I didn't skip. Yeah, right. The Warriors Prayer, which is a spoken word track. So it's not really a song. There's no music in it at all. And I'm going to let, or let's let Ken go first on this one too. Yeah,
1: yeah, the song, yeah, it's very cheesy and there is no replay value for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And you get that one line towards the end where he's like there was much blood and gore. It's like, Oh come on, like get serious, here, <laughs> dude. Yeah, and the grandfather, I don't know. This is the kind of story. Would the grandfather ever tell his kid that his grandson that? Like, come on, get serious. I don't know. It's not a song I like at all. <laughs> it's just not for me.
0: Jim?
2: Yeah, this one sucks. <laughs> I mean, it's just I listen, I forgot about this song actually, and then a song whatever you call it this this thing and it uh just I wondered where it was going I'm like where the hell is this going there's a kid talking to his grandfather when is the song gonna cut it and, I, yeah. and it never did and then I thought it might have been an intro for song 10 but it wasn't and I I don't know what even what relevance it has to the album to be honest with you. I think maybe trying to be more deep i guess and talk about you know this old guy is telling his grandson the horrors of war i guess but then you have pleasure slave on the same album so it's kind of i'm getting mixed messages all over the place
0: (laughs) (laughs) well they could i guess they could have played this before they played kings of metal since at the end he says they were the metal kings and then they could have went into kings of metal but instead they go into blood of the kings but so i i don't know if it is supposed to be a lead into blood of the kings or what but i mean it's an it it would be a good uh book i guess if you wanted to listen to a book on tape or or, i guess not a book on tape anymore but an (laughs) audio book (laughs) <laughs> sorry i'm old anyway but an audiobook it's interesting they got all sound effects going on the horses galloping all this stuff but yes i do question the kid sounds like he's maybe six or seven years old by his voice yeah. and what kind of a fucking grandfather is it telling him this fucking story he's only six or seven years old
1: yeah <laughs>
0: like yeah. his parents must have been you can't watch your kid anymore he can't Ooh. sleep it's been a week he still hasn't fallen asleep yet
1: oh my god <laughs>
2: Yeah, (laughs) But that's
0: what, when I was listening to this, preparing for this, that's all I could think of was like, what the hell's wrong with his grandfather? Maybe c I'm not sure. But anyway. Okay, then we get to the last track, Blood of the Kings. Jim, what do you think of Blood of the Kings?
2: Uh, This is a great ender for the album because, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you had kind of that great, great start, class start. I mean, whoever laid out the songs probably needed some help. Uh, Like, you know, I would have probably... Like you said, I probably would have put The the, the Warrior's Prayer maybe as the intro and just scrapped the Bumblebee thing and uh, then broke into, you know, I, but this is a great way to end it. Uh, I mean, it's fast, it's heavy. I love the scream vocals in it. There's even some elements of thrash in there. It's a great song. I really, really like it. And I, you end the album off on a high, especially after the dud right before it. So, you know. <laughs> Dan,
0: what do you think?
1: Yeah, this this song saves the middle half of the album where the weakest <laughs> yes. moments are. And it's also a bookend. I, I agree with Jim, like the, the thrashy moments, the up-tempo. Um, I like the lyrics where he mentions like the blood on the sword. They make a point of saying that. Uh, the, gallop, the solos, the galloping rhythm, like it all works for me. And it's a perfect ending to the album. So you you start out good, you end good, but then you sort of have that crap in the middle.
0: Well, It's interesting reading the lyrics along, or listening to the song, but they're naming off their first albums before this album. All the album titles, they name them all off in the lyrics, Battle Hymns, Into Glory Ride, Hail to England, The Sign of the Hammer's Our Guide, Forever We're Fighting the World. And then they also mention some song titles later in the lyrics, like Death Tone, March for Revenge, Blood of My Enemies, Holy War. So they're kind of... almost like you think oh this they think this is their last album so we better (laughs) refresh our memory of our old albums i don't know it was kind of weird but anyway yeah it is a great song and i love that song and it is a great way to end the album and yes it did kind of save well hail and kill is a good one but i guess it did save the they probably could have put that spoken word thing after this one maybe and then people could just take the needle off the turntable if they have a turntable. So you don't have to listen to the crazy grandfather talk, but anyway. Okay. So we're going to rate the album. I'm going to, I'll go first, I guess. Cause I, I'm a feeling Ken's number will be lower than Jim's. Yeah. Maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. Not and maybe. I think my number will be maybe higher than both of you. <laughs> sure. Now, even though there is like three duds or whatever, or maybe not duds, but a couple duds in here, two or three that, you know, could have did without. I love the other song so much. It's still, I'm still giving it a nine out of 10, just because I love the other song so much that I can never get sick of it. And I can deal with the lame ones kind of in there. So I don't mind it. So Jam, what would you give it at a 10?
2: Well, I'm going to give it two ratings. Number one for the scene and everything. It's a nine out of 10 for me, but for a man war album, it's a 10 out of 10. I mean, this and battle hymns are probably both tens for me. They, they, they are awesome albums and uh, I mean this is this is what heavy metal is all about and and I think uh, you know yeah there's a couple of weird things hey you know they, they took some chances I mean that's great uh, you know but they were just songs they weren't old whole albums like the atrocity of the Black album for Metallica but anyways uh, it uh, you know I think it's great and I, I think it's a 10 out of 10 in their catalog tied with uh, battle hymns
0: and ken what's your rating then
1: uh i'm going with an eight now i would have rated it a little bit higher with the exception of the the you know the aforementioned songs that i don't like but uh it's an eight for me it's it's a good album i i like it overall i just wish that the middle middle portion of the album actually had a lot st- stronger songs but you know it opens good it ends good there are some good songs in there so yeah i'm giving it an eight
2: and Ken, I probably think yeah. that you probably gave it an eight because you probably musically it's a seven for you, but the artwork probably uh, you know judging how fond of the artwork you are, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, you know, it's a, it's a complete package with this band, so yeah, the back cover is awesome. So for yeah. sure, I mean, that I would factor that into my into my uh, my rating for it.
0: Now, a few episodes ago, we had our Metal Pits Top Fifty Metal Albums of All Time, where all the writers put in there top 50 albums and we determined the thing well this album was number 35 on that list Okay. so if you haven't listened to that podcast go listen to it i'm sorry i spoiled number 35 for you but <laughs> whatever take a listen okay. to that now i i actually had it rated number 15 on my list oh, Wow. at least at the time that i made the list i know i always change <laughs> it up and stuff <laughs> yeah yeah but anyway, now, usually we ask a question about seeing them live, but I asked the guys before, and nobody's seen them live, so we can't really comment on live performances. And we didn't really want to sit through five hours of Manowar. We like <laughs> Manowar, but not that much. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <dirty. laughs> But uh, I'm sure it would be. It would have been great to see them in this day or in the Fighting the World days. I mean, I sure would have been awesome to see them. And uh, Jim, yeah. you mentioned about how – they seem more popular in England or whatever. And they had an album called hail to England even It's <laughs> because so they kind of seem like they are from England or something. You'd almost think if you didn't read about them, you would think maybe they're from England because they seem to play over there more than they did over here, which may be one of the reasons why we've never seen them is because I think they're over there playing festivals more than they were over here in North America playing. Cause I don't remember ever recalling where, Oh, I got a chance to go see man I don't remember that coming up because I loved man back then and I don't even remember the opportunity coming up to go see them back in, like,
2: 80s stuff. Yeah, that's true, because in the European trade magazines, I can't remember, there was one that was kind of an odd shape magazine, and it came out, I think, every quarter, and it was, like, it was expensive. I used to get them for Christmas, and they were featured in there, but so was a lot of the new wave of British heavy metal bands, um, and they kind of, they were, obviously weren't part of that, but they seemed, I always thought they were from Europe. I thought they were European when they first came out and then I realized, wow, they're from New York. Okay. And yeah, that's another thing I've never, like, I, I mean, you know, I obviously know who Ross the boss is and uh, you know, but I I just, uh, it seemed like the European, and like you say, the festivals, I mean, uh, and and that's, you know, pretty much the birthplace of power metal is in Europe. I would, I would venture to say that, you know, yeah. So.
0: Yes. OK, now we're going to do our top 10 Manowar songs and we'll let the least favorite Manowar fan, Ken, fan, <laughs> go first with his 10 songs. OK.
1: All right. So I'll start off at number 10 with uh, Kill With Power from uh, Hail to England. Song that I really I don't mind. I was listening to it this weekend over the weekend. And I'm like, yeah, I, I could dig this song. Uh, number nine, I'm going with Call to Arms from, uh, from Warriors of the World. That's uh, a later song, but it's actually not that bad. I don't. I could. I could get into it. Um, number eight, I'm putting uh Bull Your Speakers," and I love that. I. I actually love that song from "Fighting of the World." It's very com- It's got a very commercial sound, um, very kind of American heavy metal. But I. I dig that quite a bit. Cool. Uh, number seven, I'm putting "The Power of Thy Sword." Um, that. That. That's a. Re- that's a really good song from "The Triumph of Steel." um it's it's epic sounding from like beginning to the end uh at number six i'm going with kings of metal from of course kings of metal That that's a really really good song and we just finished discussing the, the importance of on the on the record uh number five i'm going with the gods made heavy metal from from Latter than hell an album that i actually like it's probably my favorite i didn't mention it earlier but it is my favorite um man of war album from 1996 um, then I'm going to go with number four, which is fighting the world. That's a, that's a great song. It's, I, it's one of those songs. It's very commercially, commercially driven. I love it. Uh, number three, I'm going with wheels of fire from uh, Kings of metal. Another great song. Number two. Now I'm putting this in here. Cause I, I think it's great. Uh, again, it's from Lutter than hell and I'm putting courage. I love that song. It's, it's a very short song, but I like the fact that it gets to the point about the idea of like rallying the troops. Get get your strength together. Let's win this battle. It's a great song. And then my number one, I was listening to this over the weekend again. And I thought, yeah, this is actually a really good song. I'm going with Shell Shock from Battle Hymns, which I kind of like. It's got a it's got a little bit of bite to it. It's kind of punky. Um, it's quick, it's fast, and it's um, yeah, and I and I thought, man, this is actually better than I thought. Because I'm not really big into battle hymns. I mean, I've heard the album, I don't mind it. But this one song, like, again, yeah, it started. It stood out to me over the weekend, so I thought, "Oh, I, I kind
2: of put this as number one." But that's my ranking.
1: Cool, cool.
0: Jim. Let's hear yours.
2: Yeah, it's funny because I here I was when I did the songs for this album, I realized that <laughs> I put. Anyways, I'll explain it after my top ten, but it's kind of hilarious. Anyways, <laughs> uh, number ten, <laughs> I went with Shell Shock off of Battle Hymns. Battle Hymns is a great album. Uh, and the mm-hmm. drum track on that is phenomenal. That's a great drum, uh, drumming song for sure. I Number nine, Fighting the World from Fighting the World from 87. That's a, another great song. Another good album. Uh, Hail to England, number eight from Hail to England. So that's 1984. Then I went on number seven. This is where it gets funny because my seven and six, I put as my one and two. yet I picked a different one. Anyways, number mm-hmm. seven is Kings of Metal from Kings of Metal. Number six, Wheels of Fire, Kings of Metal. Mm -hmm. Number five, Kill with Power, Hail to England. That's a wicked song. Number four, I think this was one of the ones other than this album, and that we both picked, uh, Blow Your Speakers from Fighting the World. That's a wicked song. And I agree with what you said. It's got kind of that, it kind of changes up a bit from everything else. It's kind of more of an American, North American kind of vibe to it really really good song number three is the gates of valhalla from 83's into the glory ride uh number two battle hymns from battle hymns 1982 and my number one is blood of the kings from kings of metal which i said you know was an awesome song the last song but i ranked it i think as my fourth on the album yet it's my number one overall so i don't know what the (laughs) hell i did there but anyways it's my number one overall (laughs) okay
0: There okay, okay, before I start, I'll mention you mentioned, uh, oh, blow your speakers, and I love that song, it's not on my list, but I do love that song. The only problem is the lyrics don't really stand true today just because MTV doesn't even play music videos anymore, do they? Fair enough,
1: yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it was a great
0: song from back then. I still love the song. It's just, yeah, Yeah. the lyrics didn't stand the test of time because people would be going, isn't Beavis and Butthead on MTV? If it still is. I don't even know if it still is. But if it is, isn't the the video uh, blooper show on MTV? Whatever, but yeah, so it was a good song. Okay, so mine now... Now, as I make my top 10 list, and Ken kind of asked me before we started about why I chose Kings of Metal album. Well, I chose that one to do just because it's their most popular. It's their biggest selling album or whatever. But Fighting the World, where I have five of my top 10 songs are from Fighting the World. So now I'm thinking, I guess we should have did Fighting the World. (laughs) (laughs) But we'll do that some other time. So anyway, my number 10 song is Carry On from Fighting the World, and that's a ballad war. Thing, whatever. I love that song. Number nine is Holy War, also from Fighting the World. Number eight is Fighting the World. (laughs) Number seven, I have Blood of the Kings from this album we talked about. Number six, I have Kill with Power from Hail to England. I also, just a note about that, Arch Enemy did a cover of Kill with Power. I like the cover of that. I'm sure lots of people did covers of that song, though. Number five, I got Black Wind, Fire, and Steel, also from Fighting the World. (laughs) Number four, I got Metal Warriors from The Triumph of Steel. As I really like all four of those albums in a row there, like Fighting the World, Kings of Metal, The Triumph of Steel, and Louder Than Hell. I like all four of those albums, even though none of the songs from Louder Than Hell made my list here. And also, The Demon's Whip is also one I really like from the triumph of steel but i didn't put it on this list number three i got hail and kill from kings of metal number two i got violence and bloodshed from fighting the world cool. and number one i got wheels of fire from kings of metal i didn't want to mention cool. that's my favorite song on the album that's also my favorite song of man of wars and probably just because like makes me drive faster <laughs> <laughs> And that's always a good thing, unless it's police. Okay. Uh, now, did we want to mention anything else? I know Manowar, like we said, they haven't had an album in a long time. They've had a few singles, but I wasn't really clear about what these singles are. If they're mm-hmm. making an album, I didn't really get any research on that. Whether they're going to make another album someday, does anybody know anything about that?
1: Well, Joey's been hopping around other bands and doing a lot of different things. Um, the last I read that there was consideration for starting something new because they do have two new members who like sort of recently joined. Uh, and Michelangelo Batio is actually now in the band. He's, he's uh, taken over the, the uh, guitar league guitar slot for them. So, which is a, which is pretty good. Cause he's a, he's a really good guitar player. Um So he's in the band. So I'm assuming the word is that they will be putting out new material, hopefully sooner than later, but that's, but I wasn't able to find anything else on it, if, if they were or not.
0: And I guess, Jim, you don't know anything about that, right?
2: No, they, got a, they had a single, I think, released in February. And uh, yeah. I mean, it's still, reading the lyrics from it, it's, they're still on that uh, that line, like, uh, what is it? Now the losers say heavy metal's old, their records are plastic, ours are gold. So it's got <laughs> a German, uh, looks like a German, it's called Laut und Hart Stark schnell so whatever that means uh, but reading the uh, lyrics from it you know I, I remember the release on this and a lot of people were either like like Ken and like you said Blake you either love it or you just maybe you yeah. don't like it and you think it's more of a, a parody nowadays but I I would assume with the single it's kind of shocking that they wouldn't bring out an album very shortly or have you know they usually the bands of but February to now that's geez that's pretty long. Uh, Maybe it's held up or something, but I haven't heard anything else. But, you know, what's great about this album, and I'm glad you picked it, because this album is my favorite uh, album, because I think, yeah, it has lows, but I think Ken said it, the highs are super high. I mean, on everybody's list was, I think, almost all three of those top songs off this album. And I mean, that makes up for the, the other stuff that maybe a little bit more... They they took some chances and it sort of backfired a little bit. So I think it's a a great and for like a new fan, somebody who wants to get into that. Uh, you know, wants to get into maybe the genre of power metal. This is a great album to uh, to start yeah. with. I mean, you know, it's and, or or if you just want to go back in time and uh, get into uh, you know a, a classic band for sure. This is definitely one that you'd want this would be the album that i would suggest more a little bit more commercial a little bit more easy to listen to and uh, really represents their body of work i feel
1: well, what you said earlier jim is interesting when we did the um, blind guardian last week it's both these albums actually are very much in good contrast to each other because they they're both bold they both take different directions they try to uh you know switch it up try to uh to give you metal but try to you know broaden broaden your horizon so it's kind of funny we did that last week and then we're doing this this week and yeah there's a lot of similarities to, in, in some ways between because they're both power metal albums which is kind of yeah. which is interesting that we did that like like back to back
0: I was going to also mention that we go back. I don't want to talk about the song much anymore. It's a song, Pleasure Slave. I just remembered that it's been played two times live. So I would oh, like really? to see the oh. females' faces when they played the song.
2: <laughs> well, I, I bet at that five-hour concert, they had to play it. Yeah, <laughs> they probably know?
0: played it in that an one, yeah. Maybe they played it twice.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. the, the the females in the audience, they really drank a lot of beer that night. So I don't know. <laughs>
1: Absolutely.
0: Okay, so I guess that's all of this album and chat. Uh, So thanks for joining me, guys.
2: Yeah, that was Um, awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank
0: you. So make sure you check out our website again, www.themetalpit.org. And you can find our RSS page on there for all our previous podcasts, episodes. We're in Season 2 now. This was Episode 3 of Season 2, as we're doing the same thing we did in Season 1 and we finished off season one with that top 50 album thing so make sure you listen to that podcast and I don't exactly know what's coming next I know coming up we got we're going to have a podcast on Iron Maiden's album Killers their second album Killers and we're also going to do one on the death metal group Deaf and their album Spiritual Healing I'm so one of those two might be next but I just don't know for sure for the scheduling of which one's next, or if we might have to throw something else in there before those two even. But anyway, so check us out. Come back next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Goodbye.